Sometimes the world tries to tell you differently. But I believe that miracles can still happen. Just when it seems impossible, the unexpected happens when you least expect it. Once upon a time, on a dark and cold winter's night, I saw a bright star shining from the east, and I followed it. All of the sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared and said, Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy for all mankind. Today, a savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till He appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious
Well, hello, Westover, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us this Christmas weekend. And for all the kids that are in the room with us today, God bless you. It's good to have our kids, Westover kids, with us. Now, kids, at the end, I have something special you're going to help me with, so just hold on. I'll tell you about it in a moment. But we're in a series right now, and I invite you to join us in your Bible in Luke chapter number 2. And we're concluding a series entitled, Repeat the Sounding Joy. This weekend, we're going to talk about a phrase that's from the carol they just sang. And that is, the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. For just a moment, I want to talk about hope. Now, most of us probably think we understand what hope is. Hope, well, it's a goal. It's an aspiration. It's a desire for something in your life or an experience to be better in our life. Well, let me ask the question, what is the difference between hoping and wishing? Huh. You can, you can wish for or hope for to make more money next year. You can wish for or hope to do better on your school and make better grades. You can wish and hope that you would feel better next year. So what is the difference between wishing and hoping? In the Disney uh, story, uh, the story of uh, Aladdin, and Aladdin in the story, he gets a lamp, and we all know inside the lamp there's a genie when he rubs it. That, that mythical story, out comes the genie, and he offers him three wishes. Have you ever noticed he doesn't offer him hope, three hopes? Offers him three wishes. What's the difference between wishing and hoping? There's a Christmas song that we sing during this time. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have you noticed we don't say hope? You have a Merry Christmas. What is the difference between wishing and hoping? You know, there's actually a study that's been done on wishing and hoping. And let me tell you the difference is. Wishing, both wishing and hoping, you have a goal. You have something that you want it in life to be better. I want to make more money. I, I want to achieve this. I want to be a football star. I want to launch my own business. I, I, I want to get my master's degree. Both wish and hope. The difference is, the difference is with hope, there has to be a, there has to be a plan. They, they actually call it a, a pathway thinking pathway thinking. There has to be a plan to get from what you're wanting, wishing, hoping to the actual goal. So if you say, I, I, I wish things would be better, but you do nothing about it, it's a wish. I wish I could meet the right person. I, I wish I could do better at school. I wish I could do, and you do nothing about it. It's nothing more than a wish. In order for it to be hope, there has to be a a pathway. You have to be able, they tell us, to actually envision a step or an action to put into place in order for it to be a hope. Because if there's no plan, if there's no step, if there's no means, if there's no pathway, then really it's hopelessness. It's something you want, but you have no way to get there. Now, in the study of hope, they tell us that you can have high level of hope and low level of hope. Makes sense because we often say, don't get your high hopes up. We actually have that language. 
You can have high level of hope, low level of hope, but in order for it to be hope, there has to be a plan. Now that makes sense to what the Lord told us in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. Here's what God says. He says, I know the plans. You ever notice that word? The plans I have for you is to give you a hope and a future. There it is. Anytime it's a hope, there is a plan to get there. There's a means to get there. If it's just a wish, for example, I wish you a Merry Christmas. In other words, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't buy you the new car. I can't pay off your house. I, I can't retire the student loans. I'm just going to wish you a Merry Christmas. I really can't give you the hope of me doing anything about it, okay? But God intends that every one of us have hope. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse number 13, Here's what the Lord says. There are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. You ever notice those three things together? Faith, hope, and love. So what is hope? Hope actually is, is when we love God's purpose and we have faith in God's promise, then we have hope. If, if you love God's purpose, you say, I, I love the fact that God says he's going to do something good in my life. I love the fact that God put gifts and strengths in me, my purpose. And I, I have faith in God's promises that he'll bring it to path. God has a pathway for me to get there. You have hope. And the Bible is filled with the message of hope. And I want to suggest to us, in the account of the shepherds in the field and the angels coming to them. We've read this same passage all month long. In fact, it was depicted by the children up here just a moment ago. I, I believe in that story, the Holy Spirit picked out details deposited in the Bible, not just to tell a, a, a heartwarming story. He's actually teaching us something about hope. So I'm going to read these verses again. And if you'll allow me on this Christmas weekend, we're going to read the whole account from verse number 8 to verse number 15. The shepherds are in the field. The angel's going to come to them and bring the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Let's read. Verse number 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, I'll come back to that word. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. Now, this is going to be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now, suddenly, there was a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to, on those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left at them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. I believe in that count right there, I can see at least three insights that the Holy Spirit deposited in Scripture to help us find hope. 
The first one I want to share with you is found in verse number 10, and that is hope overcomes the worst. Hope overcomes the worst. Why? Because hope has a pathway. No matter how bad it is, hope has a pathway to get out of the worst of life. And it's found in verse number 10 where the Bible says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I mean, can you imagine these shepherds out in the field? They're, they're going about their business. Maybe some of them were dozing off a little bit, just resting. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up, and the Bible says the glory of the Lord. Now, what that probably means is there was a bright light that shined all around them, and there was a presence. And the Bible says the shepherds were afraid. I'd be afraid. They were afraid at that moment. And here's what the angel said to them. Do not be afraid because this is good news. There is good news. And I think it teaches us this about hope. Hope overcomes the worst of life. Some of us, right now, you would say in your life, you get the end of this year, you're saying, Pastor, it's the worst. Maybe it's your fears. Maybe you have a biopsy that's coming up. Maybe you've gone through something. Maybe a job insecurity. Maybe there's a, a, a friendship or a relationship that feels like it's unraveling. And there's something about fear. Fear always brings in action. When you're afraid, you do nothing. It polarizes. You just kind of stop and freeze in your tracks. That's what fear does. Sometimes anger comes. That's an emotion. Anger always brings depression. Uh, distrust. Distrust always brings insecurity. So whatever the worst right now, betrayal, okay? Fear of uh, or insecurity facing your, in, in your job, your, an experience, losing a best friend, relationship unraveling. Whatever is the worst you would define in your life right now. You see, the Bible tells us hope overcomes the worst. And some of us, that's where we're caught. Right now, you're, you're putting on the face and you're going through and you're smiling, but deep down, there's all kinds of turmoil and fears and, and insecurities in your life. And, and there's a message to you, and the message is actually in a Disney tale called Frozen. Kids, you know the song. You, you know the, 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 the movie Frozen? There's a song, kind of the signature song. Here's what you need to remember in the worst experience of life. Kids, help me tell your parents what it is and your grandparents. It is let it go. Yeah, let it go. You just need to, in the worst of moments, here's what God is saying. Because of Jesus, you can let the worst go. It doesn't need to control you. It doesn't need to overwhelm you. It doesn't need to get inside of you. You can let it go. For you see, hope is stronger than fear. No matter what emotion you're contending with, no matter what bad experience you're looking at, God's hope is stronger than your fear. God has a pathway to get from where you're at to his promise and his best in your life. And the message of Jesus is this. Hope overcomes the worst of life. Number two, it teaches us that hope holds on to God. Hope holds on to God. Did you notice in verse number 11, he opens it up, the angel does, and says, and today. Now, sometimes we can read that verse and we miss that. He didn't say yesterday. He didn't say a year from now. He didn't post-date it and say later on, one day in the sweet by and by. He said today. Today. What's happened today? Today a Savior has been born. He's Messiah. 
He's the Lord. Hope holds on to God. Other things may have fallen through your hands. Other things you may have lost. But when you've lost everything, hold on to God. And it happened, the angel said to the shepherds, it happened today. This is a special day. Mark this day, the angel will say. This is the day when God gives hope to all people. Now, kids, for just a moment, let me have your attention. There are two holidays. There are two uh, important days your mom and dad tell you about, and rightfully so. In the month of May, your mothers will tell you there is Mother's Day. And on Mother's Day, you need to be nice to me. The mother, the, your mom said, you need to be nice to me. You need to do certain things, and you need to give me a gift. And you should do that. Hear me. You should do that. About six weeks later is another day. It's called what? Father's Day. And on that day, the fathers are saying, take your allowance money you built up over the last six weeks. Now, Mother's Day, you build it up from January to May. You spend all of that that you build up for mom. But you get six weeks you build up in your allowance, and you spend that on dad. And on that dad, that day, you make dad special. Two days. And please do that. Those are important days. But here is a day they probably didn't tell you about. Do you know between Father's Day and Mother's Day, kids, there is National Donut Day? That's right. The 1st of June, right in between there. Now, they told you about Mother's Day, didn't they? They told you about Father's Day. I dare say they didn't tell you about National Donut donut day now i don't have enough for everybody but i pastor get pastor has a team and i have a hundred dollars that i'm going to pass out to kids and i won't have i won't have enough for everybody but just start passing out one dollar bills this is because you missed donut day okay <laughs> this dollar is for you to go out and get a donut because they didn't tell you about donut day okay so I, I got $100 per service that I'm randomly passing out. So kids, hold your hands up, kids, so you can get your dollar for donut day. You were told about Mother's Day and Father's Day, but I wanted you to know about donut day. Now listen, I don't have a dollar for everyone. So all the kids, you didn't get your dollar for donut day. Here's what you do. You have my permission to tell your parents, pastor said, you owe me a donut. <laughs> you owe me a donut. And moms and dads, that dollar for the ones that got it is for them to go and get a donut. Here's what I'm saying. Do you know there's another day? Do you know the last day of this year, December the 31st? Do you know December the 31st is National Unlucky Day? That's right. The last day of the year is actually designated as unlucky day. And the idea is all the unlucky things do it that day. Get rid of it. Wait till the last day of the year. Get all your unlucky stuff un dealt with and, and, and handled. So when you go into the new year that you won't have any bad luck you're carrying into the new year. But here it is. The angel said in verse number 11, kids get this. Verse number 11, today, today is hope day. That's what the angels were saying. On this day, 
This is the day a Messiah, a Savior has been born, and it's hope day. Many people don't have a pathway to God. Many people are caught in sin, failure, mistake. Many people are paralyzed by fears, angers, and, 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 and injustice, and they can't get from where they're at to God. But this is, this is hope day, and because of Jesus, because Jesus was born, we all have hope, and this hope is for all mankind. Just a few days ago, just a few days ago, we had the kids' Christmas program. And we filled this, pro this platform with 470 children for the kids' Christmas program. The week before, we had four rehearsals. Two of them were dress rehearsals, so the kids were coming out for the rehearsals, and they were getting ready and getting on their costumes, and we all gathered here, and we're about to go through the, the, the rehearsal, the dress rehearsal for the kids' program coming up. But before we did the, the actually began the rehearsals, every evening, uh, Pastor Crystalline, one of our kids' pastor would gather all the kids here in the auditorium. Before we would start, we would have prayer. And she would pick a child to have prayer over the rehearsal that evening. And one evening, one little boy, he stood in this area right here, and he was given the microphone, and he was praying. Kids can just, kids can pray some great prayers. And here's what this little boy said. He said, he said, and God, I hope you have a good day. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard anybody pray. And God, I just hope you have a good day. Let me tell you, the birth of Jesus today, this day, because of what the angel said, God was saying to every one of us, I bring hope for you to have a better life. That's what it's about. The hope of a better life. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, just the hope you hold on to God. You may get into school and they may tell you that you were not created, you evolved. From, you believe. You just keep believing. There may be a moment in life, experiences may happen. Somebody may disappoint you, but here it is. You keep believing. You hold on to God. No matter what happens in life, hold on to God because God has the pathway to get you to his purpose. And number three, number three in the story, it, it teaches us this. Hope draws closer to God. Hope draws closer to God. It's found in verse number 15. The Bible says that then all of a sudden the angels, they went back into heaven. They were gone. And the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that the Lord has told us about. And I kept reading that verse over and I, that just caught my attention. Let us go to Bethlehem. And I realized the, the, the shepherds, they had an experience. They heard the message. There's a Savior that's been born. There's, there's joy and peace to all mankind. But then all of a sudden, what did they do? They say, let's get closer to Jesus. Let us go to Bethlehem and let us see this thing that the Lord has told us about. And I think we realize from that hope. Hope always draws closer to God. I will tell you, if you, if, if you lose hope, you'll pull away from the Lord. When, when you lose hope, you, you don't want to go to church. When you lose hope, you don't want to read the Bible. When you lose hope, you don't want to pray. But any time, any time we draw closer to the Lord, that means hope is emerging in our life. 
You see, hope is the result of God's presence. Hope is the result of God's presence. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17 and 18, I think it just puts this whole thought together in just two verses. It says that you might know him better. Notice that, better. It's not just know him, know him better. You say, I know the Lord. You need to know him better. That you might know him better, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. There it is. Anytime you get closer to the Lord, your hope goes up. Every time you draw closer to God, your, your pathway to the life that God has for you just becomes clearer and clearer in your life. That's what God is saying. And that's what I want to deposit in your heart. If you see some of us at the end of this year, we started off maybe saying, God, I'm going to do great things. God, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to make the decisions right. I'm not going to have another year like I had last year. And we fell into the same cycle and the same pathway of making unhealthy decisions. And you know what you've done? God's come to you and God spoke to you, but you stayed out in the field. You know, the shepherds could have stayed in the field. They could have stayed out there and smelled the stink of the sheep. They could have stayed in the loneliness of that night. They could have sat there and mused and thought, I wonder what it's going to be like. I guess it's going to be great. But guess what? We're not in Bethlehem. We're out here in the field. But they made a choice. Let's get closer to Jesus. So they said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem. And there's a moment in your life when you need to just say to yourself, I need to get closer to Jesus. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's leave that unhealthy relationship behind because it's keeping me from getting closer to Jesus. Let me make a quality decision. Let me quit putting an excuse. Let me quit putting it off. Let, let, let me quit saying to God, God, it's all right, you understand. And you hear the voice of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. And God is saying, there's something more I have for you. And you feel that drawing and you feel that, that pull in your heart to get closer to Jesus. But we go back and we just stay in the field. And God has something better. God has something different. You see, guilt, guilt always runs from God. Hope will run to God. And in life, if I, if I could give, if I could give a, a word to all the students and the kids in this room, it's this way. Never run from God, run to God. Never run from God in life. Run to God. Hope will always run to God. Doesn't matter how bad it's been. Doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made, how you've stumbled. Doesn't matter the wrong that's been that's happened. You see, hope never looks backward. Hope always looks to God. It looks forward. And just draw closer to Jesus. And I'm about to lead us in a, in a prayer moment. And I'm going to invite you to get closer to Jesus. For some of us, we're Christ followers. We believe, but we really, we really don't follow through on that. We have good intentions. We want and hope and believe the best, but we find ourselves always making that same mistake over and over again, falling into the same path and the same rut. I'm going to ask you today, get closer to Jesus. To start this new year saying, I'm going to put God at the center of my life. There's some of us we need to come to Christ 
give Jesus our heart. We call it salvation, having a making new experience, making Jesus the Savior of our life. You know, the Bible says this, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. What does that mean? Have you ever been walking down the road and somebody called your name down the street? You're in a, you're in a place of shopping or a business. Somebody calls your name and you, you stop and you look around. When you hear your name, you stop and you're looking for the one that calls your name. Now, you've been places and somebody say, hey, and they give a name. Hey, Jim. Hey, Frank. Hey, Tom. Hey, Mary. And it's not you. And you just walk on by because you don't hear your name. But when you hear your name called, you stop. And you're looking because you want to connect with the person. That's exactly what God says. That's what the Bible says. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, when God hears his name called, he comes. And when you draw near him, he'll draw near to you. And today, you can call on the name of the Lord. Right where you're seated, faith can happen in your heart. When you say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I want to do life different. Jesus, I want to get closer to you. And Jesus, I'm going to make you the sinner. God hears that. And God honors that prayer. Shepherds in the field said, we're going we're gonna to abandon this. There's something that's, that's interrupted the status quo. Let's go to Bethlehem. And I believe there are many of us. The Holy Spirit has spoken to us. And you need to get closer to Jesus. So with no one leaving, this is an altar. Please, no one leaving, heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to have a prayer moment. Across this auditorium, I believe the Holy Spirit is inventorying hearts. God knows exactly what your spiritual condition is. And the Holy Spirit is calling you to get closer to Him. And if you've, you've been sidetracked and busy and distracted with so many other things, and Jesus has not been the center and the focus of your life, your heart, I'm going to invite you to now to say, Jesus... Jesus, I need to reconnect. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, Jesus, I need to make you the center. Some of us, it's, it's coming to the Lord for the first time. It's really saying for the first time, Jesus, be my Savior. And if that is you, if you'll call on the name of the Lord in your heart, God will hear your prayer. You need to call on God. You need to ask God to forgive you. You need to determine now. Your life is going to be different, and Christ Jesus is the center. It will happen for you. And if you need to pray that prayer to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time, I'm just going to invite you right where you're seated. Just raise your hand. You'll say, I'm going to pray that prayer for the first time. Balcony and main floor, just lift your hand up. I'm going to be praying that prayer. Yes. Yes, sweetheart. Thank you. Yes, I see the kids. Thank you, young man. Yes. I'm going to be, yes, sir, all the way in the back. I'm going to be praying that for the first time. Let's pray. Father, I believe your spirit is here. And there's many of us that are just saying we need to get closer to Jesus. Many right now are saying, Jesus, be my Savior. They're coming to the Lord, and some are coming back to the Lord. And they're making that quality decision to make Christ the center through through repentance and, 
and asking Jesus in a making new moment, asking Jesus to come into their heart, to change them. They're going to reprioritize their life. They're going to serve the Lord from this day forward. This is going to be their today moment, their today moment in which everything changes. I just pray, Holy Spirit, bring the the work of salvation. Holy Spirit, do the transformation in their heart and their spirit right now. Let them feel the presence of God. Let them feel the transforming grace of God that brings salvation. I pray that over them. I pray for the many of us in this room that just need to reconnect and say Jesus needs to be the center of our home. Jesus needs to be the center of our life. Jesus, we need to get closer to you as a family. Men that are saying, I need to get closer to the Lord. God, honor their prayer. Honor their commitment now. As the shepherd said, we want to get closer. They're saying that right now. There's a hope. There's a pathway. They see, they see themselves becoming a different person. They see God changing their life. There's something they want to be that they're not now. And that will come by getting closer to Jesus. And I pray that. I pray blessing and favor upon them. I pray the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to be in their life now. And it's in the name of our Savior, the Redeemer, Jesus. Well, kids, I told you I had something special for you. Here's what I want you to do. If you're three and a half, three and a half to grade five, I want to ask you to join me here on the platform. You're going to help me in this closing song. No one leaving yet. No one leaving. Stay here with us, guys. Come on. Come on. Just stay right here. No one leaving. Just stay right here. We'll have a formal dismissal. Please, Westover family, we don't leave during services. Please respect the moment. Join us on the platform. Join us on the platform. Come on, kids. You're three and a half all the way to grade five. Just join us up here. We're going to give you a bell, and we're going to sing jingle bells to your parents today. So join me up here, okay? Come on, kids. If you're in the balcony, we'll wait for you. Come on down, kids. We're going to include you. Join us. Let's find out what some of these kids want for Christmas. What is your name? Juliana. Juliana, what would you like for Christmas? Roller skates and art stuff and slime. Roller skates. Ooh. What's your name? Sophia. What would you like, Sophia? Um, ice skates and Fortnite. Fortnite. Skates? Skates are in, right? What is your name? Josiah. What would you like, Josiah? I want nothing. Oh, wow. I'll know exactly what you want. Come on Sweetheart, up here, kids. What's we have name? a bell for Zoe everyone. Gay. Zoe, what would you like? Um, I would like a twisty pet. A twisty pet. Wow. Toys have changed, haven't they? Since I was buying toys. What's your name? Aiden. Aiden, what would you like? A bike. A bike. Nice. Our moms, moms and dads, here, you're listening, kids. right? Join us. Come on up here, kids. Come up here, sweetheart. It's fine. What's your Come name? On up here. Michael. Michael, what would you like? A toy car. A car? Come on nice. up here, get your bell. What's your name? I'm Tess. And what would you like? A drone. A 
drone? <laughs> a drone? How old are you? Five. Okay. Five years old. He wants a drone, Mom. They should have a bell. Make sure you have a bell. Everybody got their bell? Okay. Okay, kids, come on. We have, we have time for you. Does everyone have a bell? Here it is. Guys, you're going to be... You're going to be the the band. You're going to be the band. Let's test our instrument. Okay. Does everybody have a bell? Okay. Now, moms and dads, you can help. You can reach in there. Reach in your pocket. And here's what you do. Get your keys out. Okay. This, this will be your bell, okay? And the kids are going to sing jingle bells for us and pastor chrislin one of our kids pastor are gonna do we have all the kids come on we want to include you we want to include you boys and girls let me just ask you a question how many of you want a brother and sister for christmas i pray the lord will give you six 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 i pray that blessing i pray I pray fruitfulness upon the West Overhills family, okay? Yeah! Pastor Chrislin, where, where are you oh, at? Pastor right Chris here. Right here. Okay, Pastor Chrislin, take over. All right, guys, get your bells out. We're going to sing together. Here we go. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Great job. Everybody get up on your feet. Join us in some more fun singing. Jingle Dancing jam with us. Dancing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Over the fields we go, laughing all the way.
out to the Westover kids and our Westover family. Have a Merry Christmas, kids. You can go back to your family. Don't go off the front of the platform, kids. Go down the steps, please. God bless you. You're dismissed. Go out. Go